make a difference in your life. Let me say that again. It's only the truth that you apply that's going to make a difference in your life. So the fact that you were here during that Sunday doesn't necessarily take you as far as it would if you apply it to your life. Amen? And it's so essential that you take advantage of the revelation that you're getting. Even, I, I remember last week, uh, Pastor Ephraim and Malcolm shared about um, legacy and something like budget, budgeting. Yeah, <laughs> the, the CAs. Budgeting. And I don't know how many of us actually took that message and went to draw up a, a budget this week. Like, where is budget in the Bible? Huh? Where is budget in the Bible? <laughs> And I want to encourage you this morning that the Lord is busy impacting your life and giving you, giving you wonderful solutions so that you can be a blessing. Amen? And so it's so important that you take what God is giving you and you apply it to your life. For those of us who are not able to be in the service, it's important that you go online and that you download the message and that you listen to it for yourself. Amen? For those of you who didn't know that we've got our messages online, I think usually by Wednesday it should be on, on the website. And you can actually go listen and be, and be a part of the service, even though you might have been at a, at a wedding for the weekend. Amen. So I really just want to encourage us with that. Another thing that I'd also like to encourage, last week I was preaching at our Babylon con- uh, congregation. And uh, they, were, they send their regards and their blessings to you. And uh, that is obviously a community where financially, it's not like here. And it's so important that we realize that we are part of the same body. Amen? And I was sharing with them concerning uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer and how when you submit to God's word, he is able to make such an impact in your life that you, make, you become a force in your community. Amen? And uh, I encourage them to invite people to church. How many of you invited someone to church this week? Just raise your hand. Yeah. So how do you expect the people to come to the Lord? Quickly look at the person next to you and ask them, how do you expect people to come to Jesus? Will they have a dream in the night? Will they see your heart, your pure heart that is inside your chest? Behind your, your jersey. So can we, can we commit that we are, going to, we are going to start being soul winners? Amen? It doesn't take much. All you need is you need to be born again. Yeah? If you are not born again, today you can get born again. And once you are born again, then all you need is a mouth. And as I look around the room, I see... Everyone is qualified to be a messenger for the kingdom of God. Amen? I remember when I was at university, going on the university campus on my off time to go and share the gospel with people. And some of them would be hostile. Hostile means angry at you for telling them about Jesus. But the Bible says that the the student is not greater than the teacher. There is no way that you will escape the reproach or the humiliation or the shame that comes with sharing the gospel. But the Apostle Paul said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel is revealed the power of God. 
the righteousness which is by faith from first to last. You might have a friend of yours that you've been working with for this past year. And they have been looking at you and thinking, oh, Tuyen is quite an upstanding guy. I admire, I admire him. I wonder if he's a Christian. And my question is, has Tuyeni ever spoken to that brother about Jesus? And maybe Tuyeni feels reservations about speaking to him full out about Jesus. And maybe he'll just say, oh, you know, we've got this wonderful communion at our church. You have to try it. So just come this Sunday. Whatever it is, the Bible calls it fishing for men. And when you're fishing, you use something called bait. And it is so important, church, that we don't expect that only the leaders and the connect leaders are going to have the privilege to be able to say in heaven one day, that one, I invited. That one, I invited. That one, I invited. That one, I invited. Amen? Of all the things that we can take to heaven one day, people, souls, is the only thing that you can take with you. Amen? This is very important, very serious to God. Tell the person next to you, this is very important and very serious to God. Amen? And even if they say no, but what if they say no, they won't come, invite them again. And again. And again, until they come. Amen? The Holy Spirit will help you. And then next Sunday we have a special, special service around the building. And many of you have been having questions about, you know, what's happening with the building. Many exciting things are coming down the road. And we really want you to make it a priority to be in that service. You don't want to miss out. There's something wonderful that's going to happen around the, the building. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm just trying to see. I had a word for somebody. This week, but I don't see them in the service. So wait. Amen. Are you excited? Are you sure? Come on, church. You are born again. And if you are born again, it says that you have the joy of the Lord in you. Amen. So this morning, we're going to continue in our series. And uh, our service, you can give us a slide. Our service is going to be a special service on... Uh, Prayer, repentance. Prayer and repentance and prophecy. And this is all because we've, we've heard so many messages now concerning God and money and legacy. And now we want to bind our hearts into it. A lot of the knowledge sits here, but this morning I believe that the Lord wants to give us a conviction concerning certain things. And it's not only that you're not doing something right, but God wants to give you vision and give, open your eyes to what he wants to do in your life in this area. Amen? Give us there the next slide. The next one and the next one. Yes. Third Epistle of John, chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way, and that your body may keep well, meaning that you may be healthy, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. So God always works from the inside out. So if you, at the moment, don't see a lot of blessing happening on the outside, start working on the inside. 
Amen. Whatever it is that God wants to give into your life, he would prefer to give it to you from the inside out. The reason why he does that is because you're able to retain that blessing much more if he gives it to you from the inside out than if he gives it to you from the outside and you have to adjust on the inside. Do you understand? So that means that if God has to give you what you need from the outside only, it's just a matter of time before you won't have that anymore if the inside does not correspond to the outside. Amen? And many of you, you find it strange to, that, that when you're born again, God doesn't just bless you with everything at the same time. What he gives you is he gives you his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit goes to reside where? Inside of you. So that if you have to move from Namibia today and find yourself in Congo, Brazzaville, you don't have to wonder about what you left at home. You have to consider what you have on the inside. Amen? Because what you have on the inside is difficult to steal, if I can call it that. And it is unlimited on the inside. And so, the things that we've been sharing about during this series is about working on your heart, working on the inside. If God is going to use you, if God is going to take your life and make it count and make you a blessing, you are going to have to allow him to work on your inside. Amen? It says, for we set our eyes... Not on that which is visible, but on those things which are invisible. Because the things that are invisible are eternal. And the things that are visible are temporary. And so it's a privilege that we have as born again believers. As those who have the spirit of God inside of us. It's a privilege that we have to have the Holy Spirit within. Hallelujah. The Old Testament believers did not have this wonderful, 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 wonderful privilege. What they had was the Holy Spirit upon them. And when they messed up, the Holy Spirit would depart from them. But what we have is the Holy Spirit inside us. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has sworn, he has sworn, he has made an oath and he said that I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. It doesn't matter if they moved you from where you were to another country. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter if at this job they laid you off. And now you need to find an... I will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter who has come against you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? Amen. There is a certain kind of boldness that needs to come upon you as a believer because of what you have on the inside. The Bible speaks about how Joseph was sold into slavery. And when he was standing, and we've spoken about this before, when he was standing at the slavery post being sold as a slave, the Bible says that, and Joseph was a prosperous man. You ask yourself, am I prosperous? And you look on the outside. And you need to actually change your perspective and begin to look from God's eyes. You need to see life from God's perspective. 
and he looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And what God is able to put in your heart, I tell you, what God is able to put in your heart will be able to water many. What he puts in your hand, you might be able to say, this is enough for my five children. But what God puts in your heart is for the nations of the world. There are some of you, you've been sitting here and wondering, Lord, is this message really relevant for me? Where is it going to come from? How is it going to work? I didn't have wealthy parents. I didn't receive an inheritance. I didn't receive that. I was excluded from the will. I didn't manage to do my degree. I didn't manage to do this and that. But God is able to change your life just by what he puts inside you. The word of God says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is inside than he that is on the outside. This, (laughs) church, if we understood this, we will shake the nations. If we only believe this. And you know what the lie of the enemy is? To tell you that you have nothing. You have received nothing. Jesus died on the cross for you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price you prayed. Thank you for the nail scarred hands. Thank you for everything. But I have actually received nothing. So what do you do? Spend your time praying and pleading and fasting. To God. To give you. What he hasn't given you already. Amen? This is the enemy's agenda. So your heart is not overflowing with thanksgiving because I have nothing. Like Whitney Houston sang. (laughs) But you have received all things pertaining to life and godliness. And when you begin to fast, this is what happens. Your outer man begins to lose the dominance. And your inner man begins to awaken to the things of God. And then you begin to live from within to the outside rather than from the outside to the inside. And I'm telling you, just a few months of that kind of meditation, your life will begin to change. You don't have to do much. God is able to impart and impact your community because of what he has in your heart. Give us there the next slide. This is, this is amazing. What I'm going to share now is amazing. And if you can please remember this and go and ponder on it, have a conversation about it, and own it, and internalize it, this will become a part of your life, and you will become a fountain for many. Amen? Amen? Yeah, that's good. All right, give us there the next slide. We'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. And it says here, you are progressively becoming more acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that though he was so very rich, Yet for your sakes he became very poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched and abundantly supplied. 
Tuyani Kamia. Father God, pray please. So, this, this is very important, believer. <laughs> please believe this. When you are born again, Christ comes from heaven and he is wealthy. Amen? You understand that God is wealthy, right? For those of you who believe in poverty, God is very wealthy. Amen? So the Son of God is very, very wealthy. I mean, it blows your mind. It's not even worth mentioning. Amen? And the Bible says that you know the grace. You know the favor or the fact that God liked mankind. Right? That though he was wealthy, he exchanged. Now, we, we were wealthy. When the Lord created the whole earth and he put two human beings for the whole thing on the earth, there was abundant supply. But when Adam sinned against God, he lost it all. And you remember when Jesus was being tempted by the devil and the devil showed him the kingdoms and said, if you bow before me, I will give you all of these kingdoms because they were delivered to me. By who? Did you leave anything with him? No, I took it all. So, Adam is cursed to eat by the sweat of his brow. By the struggle and the hustle. Not because he is a son of God, but because he labors by the sweat of his brow. In fact, when he brings forth from the ground, it will only bring forth curses. Thorns. Do you understand? This is the condition of mankind. And God's son took that place. And you will see the, the, the illustration on the cross of somebody wearing a thorn on his head. It's because he is making an exchange. And they put a crown of thorns. He had more hair. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Yeah? When he prayed here, he was happy. When he prayed here, he would sweat blood. By the sweat of your brow will you eat. And the, and the ground will bring forth thorns. On your head. If it's on the head, it's on the body. If it's on the father, it's on the family. If it's on the grandfather, it's on the generation. It's not enough. Go back quickly. It's not enough for him to just send the EFT. Lord, I need money. Send the EFT. Once it comes here, this environment devours everything. It won't be two seconds and he'll be asking for another EFT. Amen? But God made this exchange. God made this exchange and it was permanent. Tell the person next to you, permanent. It was a permanent exchange. It says, 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Because it's written, cursed is he who is hung on a tree. So that we might receive the blessing of Abraham through Christ. What was Abraham blessed with? You will inherit the? The what? (laughs) That's why I'm here. You will inherit the whole world. (laughs) Abraham will inherit the whole world. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Say this, the world belongs to me. It's true. It's true. The prophet Daniel said that the dominion will be given, in the last days, the dominion will be given to the sons of the kingdom. The kingdoms will be given to the sons of the kingdom. Jesus said, my little children, fear not. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is a shame for God to have children that are not here. But now this is the trick. This happened in your spirit. So it wasn't like, Lord, I receive you, and then you get a, a SMS. Ding, ding. <laughs> Fresh deposits. No, no. This happens inside. Right? This happens inside. And that thing that used to prevent your progress because you are under that domain. That thing that caused the earth to be cursed because of what you've done. That thing fell on Christ. And now, the whole creation responds to your voice here. I'm telling you. It says, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We know that all things. Are you understanding? Now the enemy, this morning you are hearing this. If you, if you don't engage the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what, more, what is there? What is there? Right? Then you will be here full of everything that you need, complaining to God. It says that the, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, so that we may know what we have received freely from God. So the Holy Spirit is in your life to reveal to you the inheritance that you have already received. Not to inspire you to beg God for what you have not received. When the Holy Spirit is in your life, He will open your eyes to what you already have in Christ. Amen? So let's take, for example, the revelation of healing. It says that by his stripes we were healed. That means healing is in us. It's our birthright. It is something that we have received in Christ. Right? Has he already received the stripes? The beatings? That means that by his stripes we were healed. That means if the stripes are there, then the healing... Is there. But why do we not see it? It happens on the inside. Do you understand? And we engage the Holy Spirit and He teaches us how to bring it forth. All your days of complaining are over. 
they are over. The only thing that will make you hesitate from this is if you don't believe it. The children of Israel came out of Egypt into the promised land. But before they went in, they stopped at the river Jordan. And they said, let us inspect the inheritance that God has given us. Let's send out 12 spies to scout out the land and see what is there, whether it's really a good land flowing with milk and honey. Ten of them came back saying what? There are giants there. The sons of Anak and his brothers, giants there. And we were like grasshoppers in their sight and in our own sight. And two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came out saying, that land is flowing with milk and honey. Let us take it now. And the Bible says when they heard the ten, the people started to cry. What is that showing you? Who did they believe? Who's reported? The Bible says the Lord, they, they brought an evil report to the people. They told the people something that they saw with their eyes, but it was evil because it was inconsistent with the word of God. And many times we are telling people concerning what we see with our eyes, but it is inconsistent with the word of God. It is an evil report. And God has brought the Holy Spirit inside of us so that we might see beyond our natural senses to the things that he has already done. Once we begin to see that, we will take hold of it as impossible as it may seem. And the Bible says that because of that, God is in, in his anger decided, you will not enter my rest. Go back to Egypt. Go back to the wilderness. Until that whole generation died in the wilderness. And only Joshua and Caleb of that generation survived and they entered in. And the Bible says that on that day, they were going to take the first city called Jericho. Do you know how they took Jericho? Was it with a great battle and valiant forces? No. Shouting outside the wall. <laughs> if you consider any kind of military strategy, that is a losing strategy. But God said. And if God says it, then it settles it. And if it's settled in heaven and it's settled on the earth, then we enforce it. The Bible says that God didn't even remove those nations that were in the promised land. You might have your promised land. God has not removed the hindrances that are there. It's not just a matter of walking into your inheritance and there it is. Sit down and eat and eat and eat. Mm -mm. There are giants in your promised land. There are giants that are there to intimidate you from the thing that God has called you so that you can be a blessing for your children's children. But those giants are not going to just let you pass. Please, sir. You are coming from Egypt. Please, take over. Flowing with milk and honey. Houses you didn't build. Vineyards you didn't plant. Go for it. There will be resistance. And the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Amen? So this exchange has happened. Look at the person next to you and say, this exchange has happened. 
Do you know who you are? Just look. Don't look at you. Look inside you. Thank you, God. This is key. And, you know, sometimes even your, your wife and your best friend will be the ones the enemy will use. Oh, but I don't see anything here. You are just talking, talking Bible, talking, talking Bible. And the enemy will use those who are close to you so that you can say, yeah, man, it's true. I mean, who am I fooling? Who am I fooling? Amen? Now let's go there to that next scripture. And I'm going to show you how it works. 2 Corinthians, this is moving on in 2 Corinthians. And he's speaking to a church that is wanting to be so generous in their gift to the Apostle Paul so that the Apostle Paul can go and bless another congregation. Okay? And it says, verse 5, That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brothers or brethren to go to you before I do and make arrangements in advance for this bountiful promised gift of yours, so that it may be ready, not as an extortion wrung out of you, but as a generous and willing gift. So he's saying, I don't want you guys, when I'm there, to all of a sudden feel like, oh, we have to give now because the Apostle Paul is talking to us about this congregation that needs support. I want you to determine already in your heart that you are going to be on the side of faith and you're going to begin to walk and operate like God does. Amen? Not as an extortion, but as a generous and willing gift. Remember this, that he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously, that blessings may come to somebody, will also reap generously and with blessings. This is a law of the Spirit. Amen? So with what God has deposited inside of you, one of the ways that it unlocks is you operate in faith because you are moving from the place of give me, give me, give me all the time to the place of I'm a giver. I'm a blesser. That confirms to your heart that I've got supply that I, I might not be able to see it right now, but I'm living in the supply of the kingdom. Do you understand? If you haven't made that transition, you're always in your mind convincing yourself that there's never good enough. There's never enough. Never enough to help somebody else. Give us the next slide. Verse 7, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his own heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean... Many of us, we've watched the Oprah show, eh? Oprah Winfrey. Have you seen the kind of giving that happens in, that, in those shows? Hmm? Where, where are the Oprahs in our midst? Huh? Where are the people who, when you, when you are giving to someone, they roll on the floor? Like, they, like Job said, I made the widow to rejoice. Where are they? No, there's no room in my budget. Make room in your budget. Amen? Give us there the next slide. And you know what? It's difficult to be a cheerful giver if you don't understand these things. You will be always grudging, reluctant. But when you understand 
the privilege and the participation in the divine life that giving brings, you will never, ever, ever stop giving. Never. Never. Amen? Does God need anything? Does God need anything? No. He's self-sufficient. He, they call him El Shaddai, the full-breasted one. He gives because he's the ultimate source. He wanted men to be like that also. He wanted you to feel what it's like to give to someone and they cannot give back. Not because you want to now hook them in. You know, some people give to hook in. Yeah, now, you don't have to give me back. Yeah, but I gave you. God is not like that. He is generous. Look at the, uh, the person next to you and say, are you generous? I mean real generosity. Will your, will your family say that you are generous? That's the question. Will your family say that you are generous? And please, this is not limited to church. I've been giving to church 45 years now. No, it's not limited to church. It's something that you embody. Wherever you are, whether it be your money or your time or your resources or your love. That there is a generosity. about. These are the best people to marry. The best ones to marry. But if you are not generous, it might cause some tension. <laughs> That's a, my dear, I know we need to be generous, but we need to think about... Mm. And the Holy Spirit will lead you, but there's something where your heart must pain. I, I can't give. I, not, oh, I'm glad I could save a little bit here from that generosity. No, that's not how God is. God wants you to experience fully what it is like to be like him. Amen. It says here in verse 8, and God is able. This is the key. God is able. Not only is he willing, but he is able to do what? To make all grace. What is all grace? Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. Possessing what? Enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. In other words, God wants to help you to have more than enough. Now, I understand that there is resistance in the body of Christ against this kind of thing. Because in the dark ages, we forced priests to make a vow of poverty. To make a vow of celibacy and non-marriage. To make a vow of silence. In the dark ages. You don't make vows during darkness. 
you will say, I do to the wrong girl. Or guy. <laughs> Amen? God has made us in his image and in his likeness. Last week, uh, Malcolm was sharing about Bill Gates and his commitment to eradicate malaria in another continent where there are no mosquitoes. Are there no mosquitoes in America? Maybe there are mosquitoes, but there's no malaria in them. Amen? And he's not a believer. Church, come on. Who is going to be God's dream? The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world, looking for one man on whom he can be strong, on whose behalf he can be strong. Amen? God wants you to have this. It's in the Bible. I didn't write that. Give us the next slide. As it is written, he, the benevolent or giving person, scatters abroad. He's giving like he's scattering abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. And God who provides what? Who provides seed? God. God who provides seed to the sower and bread for the eating or eater. What are you? Some of us, we are just eaters. And God is providing bread. But that will never multiply into a greater harvest. But God also wants to supply. You don't have to take the bread for the eating. You can take the bread and eat. And you can take the seed and sow. <sighs> you see, the exchange here was not only to make you have an abundance, but it was so that you could participate in this kind of life. Generosity is not about just meeting the needs of the people. It's about taking your rightful place on the earth. The Bible says, for it is more blessed to give than to receive. Some would say, no, no, no. no. It is more blessed to receive than it is to give. With God, it's like that, yes. More blessed to receive from God than what will we give to God? He says in the word, if I was hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. Right? What, what can we give to God that he doesn't already have? But with men, we become saviors from Zion, like the word says. Look at the person next to you and say, on which side are you? Are you a giver or are you a receiver? Don't shake your head. So he provides seed for the sower and bread for the eating. He will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase. The fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Hallelujah. That means that God wants to supply you to the point where you become a blessing. 
He is, it's in the word. He put it in the scripture. He is interested in moving you from your greedy self to your generous self. That is God's heart for you. That you will be an instrument of blessing in this city. And we're going to get to the end of the message. I want you, please, this week, eh? this week, wherever you are, when you see an opportunity or if you create an opportunity, bless someone so much that their heart is shocked. Do it. If you don't know anyone like that, you need to get out more. And you need to start reaching out. Can't just know the Joneses. Amen? Give us the next slide. Verse 11. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way. So that you can be generous. And your generosity as it is administered by us. Will bring forth thanksgiving to God. For the service that the ministering of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, God's people, but it also overflows in many cries of thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. Give us the next slide. So this morning, I want to give us time. Your neighbor has asked you many questions this morning. I want to give us time to really move our hearts. Yeah? To move our hearts to a place where we now make our commitments to the Lord and say, Lord, I've heard your voice. It's been four weeks of revelation concerning finance and concerning moving my heart and all of that. And now I want to move my heart. And we're going to go through about seven of them, seven items that I want us to take some time. If I can have, where's Daniel? Daniel, please come and play. Seven things that will move our hearts from the place where we are to the place where we need to be. Amen. Let's read the scripture together. Matthew 6 verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will stand by and be devoted to one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. Amen? Give us there the next slide. God will open doors that no man can shut for you. I believe, and the Lord was telling me during this series, that people are going to start getting impartation for wealth building. And there are some of you in this group or hearing me by the internet now. Right? God is going to give you an idea that will shock the world. It doesn't matter if you are a CA or a housemaker. It doesn't matter if you are a construction worker or a CEO. That God wants to move you to the place where he has ordained for you to be. Ultimately, he wants the gospel to go throughout the earth. Every inch and every corner. 
He wants the poor to be lifted from the dunghill. He wants the widow to be taken care of. He wants the orphan to be brought in. And God is right now pouring out grace. Right now pouring out grace for that ability. Won't you stand? Give us here the next slide. So right where you are, let's just begin to pray in the spirit. There's a lifting taking place. There's a lifting taking place. Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, you are here. The first area that I feel the Lord wants us to move our hearts from is this thing of serving mammon and trusting in money. And you need to remove money from the throne of your heart and allow Jesus to take the rightful place. So right now, where you are, begin to express your heart to the Lord. If you need to, 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 to repent, if you need to ask the Lord to heal your heart, to begin to touch your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Move in our midst right now, Lord. Every cord of bondage in the name of Jesus. Every cord of bondage in the name of Jesus. Of families that have been serving money for generations. Is getting broken this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whether there was abundance or lack, but money was being worshipped in that family. In the name of Jesus, we break every bondage this morning in Jesus' name. We lift every curse in the mighty name of Jesus. We release every blessing in this area. The joy of serving God in the area of finances. The joy of serving God in the area of money. The joy of leaving a legacy for a family and the children's children. The joy and the supernatural ability to give and give and never run out. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for an impartation that's taking place right now, this morning, Lord. Father, we release healing in the hearts that have been traumatized by a poverty situation that caused them to make vows. I will never ever be poor again and therefore I will worship money. Father, we break and undo those in the name of Jesus. We release healing in the soul healing in the soul right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed, be made whole in your soul. You have a father. You have a heavenly father that will take care of you. Every fear is broken in the name of Jesus. Every anxiety is broken in the name of Jesus. Every anxiety of the future is broken in the name of Jesus. And we release the the provisions of God, the faith of God in this room in Jesus' name. Give us the next slide. The next one is for us who, some of us who have been, who, who are emotional spenders and you waste. When you don't feel good, when something didn't go good during the day, you go out and you need to buy something. They call it retail therapy. You're in bondage to the shop. 
And God wants to set us free this morning from this kind of emotional craving that if I'm not spending, if I'm not wasting money, then my self-esteem is in the gutter. But God wants to set people free this morning. So if that's you, just begin to express your heart to the Lord and lay that crown on the floor and begin to walk out of that place. Begin to walk out of that place. Begin to release. Begin to release yourself from the bonds of emotional, emotional turmoil that causes you to go to money, that causes you to go to spending. For the Lord, the Lord is more than enough. His grace is sufficient. He is able to cause you to be healed in your soul and in your heart. Your self-esteem, your self of your sense of worth is not in spending. It is in Christ Jesus who spent his life for you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we curse every irresponsible spirit, Lord. I want to come in, Lord God, and cause destruction in families, Lord God. Through destructive ideas of let's buy this, let's invest in this fly-by-night operation that was wanting to steal the, the inheritance of the children. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray a spirit of discernment. We pray a spirit of discernment, Lord God, over families, Lord, over fathers, especially over fathers. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, that they will not force their families, Lord, into places of destruction, Lord God, into gambling, Lord God, into wastage. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your power is here setting people free in Jesus' name. Give us the next one. This one is where your pride and your self-worth is in money. Meaning when you don't have money, you don't feel worth. You don't feel worthwhile. You don't feel worthy. But when you do have money, you walk a different way. On payday, you walk a different way. <laughs> and the Lord, the Lord is your portion. He is your wealth. Your very present help in time of need. He is your crown. He is your, the lifter of your head. He is your glory. He is your sense of pride. He is your sense of pride. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the strong man boast in his strength. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he knows me, that I am the Lord who works righteousness and justice on the earth. Right now in your mind's eye, I just want you to picture gold. Gold, liquid gold, filling, filling you from the inside. Liquid gold, filling you from the inside. Just the worth, the worth of the kingdom of God. The worth of the kingdom of God. And bursting out and blowing out every other darkness. That has caused us to go to money and caused us to put our trust and our faith in money and put our hope and our pride in money and caused us to treat people with money well and treat people without money poorly in the name of Jesus. Give us there the next slide. This one, cursing the church and ministers regarding money. Yeah, I know that those churches are just after money. 
Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. That thing needs to go. That thing needs to go. And if that's you this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you that you will give up that kind of cursing. That you would rather use your words to bless. And if you have a concern concerning a certain minister and a certain ministry and what they're doing, pray for them. That you will use your words in intercession. That you will use your words to say, Lord, help them. Lord, help them. Lord, open their eyes. Lord, send them somebody. Lord, show them what is the way to go. Let's do that now. If that's you, you need to leave this thing. You cannot have both blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth, out of the same fountain. We have not been called, we have not been called to curse other churches and to curse other ministers. We've been called to bless and to lift and to encourage and to direct and to guide. So if that's you, just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry I've spoken these words and I take them back and I pray right now for that guy, that minister that comes to your mind. Pray for him right now. Pray for his family. Pray for his finances. Pray for his attitude. Pray, pray, pray. 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 Give us the next one there. Embracing poverty. You might think that this one is peculiar. No one wants to be poor. There are those in our midst, you believe that poverty is holier than wealth. In your heart, you have embraced poverty. Or there are those of us, you have a a lack mentality. You have a spirit of poverty that lurks around the house. You might even have money. But poverty seems to still be your, your identity. This morning, let's begin to ask the Lord to invade this area. Lord, we thank you, God. If anything, if we, if we decide to be poor, let it be so that we bless others. Not because we will be holier and we will be seen as better. But Father, let it be because we are spending the finances that you are blessing us with, we are spending it in advancing your kingdom. We are spending it in helping others. We are feeding more more families. Therefore, we might have less of a, a snack on the weekend or we might have less of this and that because we are using that money to finance the kingdom, to advance your kingdom and to bless others in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Give us the next slide. Not building generationally. So you don't think that you need to make provision for your children and your children's children. You also have a lot of fights in your family about money. And there's a disunity in your family around money. You need to repent of this. Money cannot be the spirit that dictates the spirit in your house. That the Lord is the Lord of that house. Amen. So if that's you, if you might have even grown up in a family like that, that you will just engage the Lord right now and whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray, let us pray.
Lord, we pray, God, for vision beyond one generation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. That we will apply ourselves knowing that God has an interest in us making provisions for our children and our children's children, Lord. Father, we, we repent, Lord, of every kind of strife, every kind of battling that is around money, around that, 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 that unrighteous mammon, Lord. That money has managed to come in and bring division and divorce. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we declare that that will not be our portion. We declare, Lord, a change in families this morning, Lord, that when the subject of money comes, the subject of Jesus comes as well. Father, that it will not be a talk about whose power and whose might, but that it will be about what the Lord Jesus is saying about our finances in our family. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for grace to come upon families this morning, Lord God. Families that have been attacked and harassed by this spirit that is attacking families through division by money. In the mighty name of Jesus, we cancel every assignment of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, we declare no weapon formed against these families will prosper. We declare in the name of Jesus, Lord, that every evil word that has come against us, we speak against it, Lord God. We bind the works of the enemy, Lord God, in families that is bringing division because of finances. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that in the area of money, Lord, there will be joy in the house. That there will not be sadness and weeping, but that there will be joy in the house because we've moved our home from a mammon worshiping place to a Jesus worshiping place in Jesus name Lord. hallelujah give us the next one now. laziness and sloth the word of God says be careful of sleep just a little bit more sleeping a little bit more slumbering a little bit more wrestling in the blankets. So shall your poverty come like a thief in the night. The diligent man will rule. This morning there are some of us, we despise work. We, we do it because we need to. <laughs> but it is not something that we find passion in. There's laziness, there's sloth, there's slackness in the way that we, we do our work. If that's you this morning, you need to repent. This is not of God. This is not of God. This is not of God. And it is going to your children and it is a, a, an ethic that is going on to your children's children. This is not of God. So if you're wondering, mm, I wonder if I'm, I'm lazy, if I'm, you know, if you're wondering, then you know. <laughs> and you know you are not working hard enough yet when you are hard working you will know amen let us engage the Lord now Father we repent Lord we repent Lord that our sleep dictates our lives Lord and we begin to try and cut corners get rich quick schemes Lord God, to try and, and manipulate and defraud others because we are lazy to put our own hand to the plow and see the blessing of the Lord upon our hands, Lord. Father, in the area where when labor comes or when work comes, we complain. We complain. We murmur and complain. All this hard work, all this, uh, that, that kind of speaking will cease in our mouths in the name of Jesus, Lord. 
but that we will rejoice at the privilege that we have work to do, that we have the dignity to be able to go to work every single day, that we have the dignity to be able to earn the income so that our, our family can be fed in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word says, he who does not work must not eat. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive your grace this morning. Change us from the inside out. I pray specially for the young people, Lord. That this lazy spirit will not attack them in the days of their youth. In the name of Jesus, Lord. That they will not be raised, Lord God, being lazy, wasteful, slothful, slack young people. Annoying the whole world. Hmm. But Lord, that there will be diligent youths like Daniel and Joseph, Lord. That when people see them, they just see this man, this young lady, they are going places we can already tell. Lord, that they will not blame the rest of the world as to why they are where they are, but that they will look at their own hands and say, I will apply myself in Jesus' name. Raya Give us the next slide. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Let's take some time now, wherever you are. This is your opportunity. Let's just begin to prophesy and speak life over the, the financial area in your life, in your family. Let's prophesy and speak life over your finances, your bank account. Yeah, speak life over your workplace and speak life is with words you can't speak life like with your mouth closed no? and then bless bless your, bless your money bless everything that you put your hand to life and death is in the tongue and they that love it will eat its fruit amen let's do that now let's be aggressive let's be deliberate about it you'll be justified by your words you'll be justified by your words Whatever you see the Lord putting in your heart, speak that. It's no more time to say, I'm sorry. The time for sorry is over. It's now time to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I'm moving upward and forward only. My life is making progress in every area. Thank you, Lord, that I am amongst those that are super generous, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are causing grace to abound to me, that I am growing and bountifully expanding, Lord God. That you are blessing me and I'm becoming a blessing in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that I work in, when I work in my workplace, Lord, my work is recognizable, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that the blessing is upon me and it cannot be removed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that my soul prospers and therefore my health and my finances also prosper. Thank you, Lord, that wherever I give, Lord, they are blessed and they are blessed to be a blessing in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that all the lies of the enemy are falling off my life in the name of Jesus and I'm making progress in my finances. Thank you, Lord, that I may not have much right now, but this time next year, this time next year, that there will be financial miracles that would have manifested in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a partner in your vineyard, Lord, that I'm sending missionaries all over the world in the name of Jesus, that the gospel is preached in certain places because of me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the finances that come into my hands, Lord God, are able to reach their destination 
because you will have me in your hand in the mighty name of Jesus come on 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 Lord I declare that no weapon formed against me can prosper Lord where the enemy has tried to come against me to bring in death Lord God to, to bring in all sorts of financial ruin in the name of Jesus, I declare a turnaround. In the name of Jesus, I declare a turnaround in my finances. This morning, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I declare financial miracles over me, over my wife, over my children, and over my children's children. In the name of Jesus, I declare that I will have houses I did not build. I declare that I will have vineyards I did not plant, Lord God. Thank you that I'm coming into the promised land. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just begin to thank the Lord. Rade Shaye. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll never be the same again. I'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to I'd like to close us off, but something's happening in the realm of the spirit. Allow God to use your mouth throughout the rest of the day. Some of you, you are not done prophesying. That God is bringing dreams. God is bringing an idea to you that will be able to change many lives. Don't take it for granted. When you, when you get an idea, when you get a concept, put your hand to the plow, begin to pray into it, and you will see mighty, mighty wonders coming through in the name of Jesus. Some of you, you will also be meeting people this week in great need. Don't hesitate. Don't look at your hand. Find a way. Find a way. Whether you call your other buddies and you raise the money, find a way and meet that need. God is moving many of us from the place of just receiving to the place of being generous and the grace is going to multiply in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here this morning, you do not speak in tongues and you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to minister to you after the service. So if that's you, just wave your hand. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? This is free. We will not charge. (laughs) I see that hand. You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. Some of us, we don't know what will I even pray. Yeah? You can pray in the Spirit. If those, those of you, please come. And then if you are here, you are not born again. And you need to give your life to Jesus. You know that your life is a mess. You need Jesus. You need Jesus in your life. You want to be born again. If that's you. Please come and join me in the front as well. Come now. Everybody that raised your hands, come now. Come, come. Yes, come. Come. Don't hesitate. We're going to close the service now. If you, need, if you need prayer for anything, yeah, just come. If you need prayer for anything, the leaders will be here ministering to you as well. You can just look at me. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? Especially for those you don't speak in tongues, you know it. When, when they say speak in tongues, you speak in Oshuambo. <laughs> you need to speak in tongues, my God. You need the gift of the Holy Spirit that releases the miraculous in your life. Yeah. Some of us, we are going just on our own strength. Water. You need petrol in that engine. Amen. Hallelujah. So for the rest of us, I'm going to release us. Just raise your hands. May the Lord bless you. May he cause 
your harvest to come early in the name of Jesus. May you be protected from every disaster in Jesus' name. May the angels of God watch over you. May your health be empowered. May you be healed by every moment that you think of Jesus. And as you go home, may you have laughter in your mouth because of what the Lord has done this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.